Welcome to the Ether. Today is Sunday, June 12, 2022. Today on the Ether, part one of a two part space hosted by Cosmos, DeFi, and NFTs, it's the NFT Happy Hour. Let's take a listen. I had a lot of trouble with Twitter today blocking my, uh, my messages and uh, a couple other weird things on my feed. Hey, Knots, is that Jerry? Rusty, who is that? Nice. All you. There I go. Hey, Hey, what's up, man? So sometimes what I find is just the very beginning of the show is the hardest part. And if I have to go solo, I'm not like regular Jerry. I'm like Rose and Jerry. I don't know what it is, but I need to talk off of somebody. I can't do that whole solo thing. So <laughs> I give you kudos for starting it all on your own. Yeah, you know what? I, uh, I'm a teacher, so I'm used to talking to myself, especially these days. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I can't. I got uh, I got 99 problems and my students are 98 of them. <laughs> well, it's nice of you to start a, a space tonight. It's a, it's a beautiful night here. I'm having a beer and relaxing on my back screen patio. And what a gorgeous day. Um, it's yeah. been nice up here, too. You're, you're, you're in one of the Carolinas. Is that right? Yeah, it's a good memory. North Carolina. That's right. That's awesome. Nice. When I was, when I was in eighth grade, my, my parents were going to move there. And uh, they were going to move to Greensboro, North Carolina, where a lot of New Yorkers go. And um, we were looking at houses. My dad's a contractor, and he just didn't understand how the houses couldn't have basements. <laughs> so that, that was one strike against North Carolina. And then well, I guess when he was looking at a house that he seriously wanted to buy, the realtor told him flat out, uh, you're going to have a hard time starting your business down here being that you're Catholic and you're Italian. And then that spooked them. And we, it was never spoken of. It was never spoken of again. So. It, uh, it's, it's funny you say these things because they're entirely, entirely true. Oh, uh, I'm more in the Eastern part, like near Raleigh. Okay. But um, you're right. There's, first of all, there's no basements. And I grew up in Western New York. Like there's basements everywhere. Like it just comes with a house. Like, you know, that 70s show, like you'd have a basement with a couch down there. And oh, yeah. when you're a kid, that's where you hang out. Like that's where your parents stuff you. But yeah, in, in the South, for some reason, they just, I guess maybe sea level issues. Like where I am, we're only a hundred feet above sea level. <laughs> So they just don't make basements. It's all just crawl spaces. It's yeah, they, they told them because of the it's the a lot of clay in the soil and the water table, I guess. Yeah. So I can see that. Um and then what was oh you said the Catholic thing. I'm Catholic too, actually. And um it, you're right, because um it's inter I mean I I live in the Bible belt. So the Bible belt is like uh the big like Baptist, like Protestant area. It kind of runs through um you know, the, the southern part of the country and people are real friendly, very nice. But they always ask, 
what do you do? And then what church do you go to? <laughs> it's um, like, oh, okay, this is interesting. See, I didn't know so, I didn't know that you could be other things besides Catholic until I was like 14, 15 years old. I had, I had no idea. I figured, okay, there's Catholic and there's Jewish. And then there, I, I <laughs> then one of my friends when I was in like 10th grade told me he was like, he was Lutheran. And I was like, what? I don't need, I don't like, I, I had to look up what that was, but there wasn't a place to look it up back then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, where I grew up, it was very heavy Catholic too. A lot of Catholic schools, very heavy Catholic. We did have some Protestant. And then where I am now, it's like um, very uh, Baptist. Um, and it's cool. We have like a lot of de denominations and everything, but yeah, it, we're like a Catholic minority where I am. Like there's one church for like a hundred miles around us. It's just, <laughs> it's a very small, small, we're like, we're, we, we became the niche population where I am now. So well, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> we, we're, I guess well, I'm still living kind of near where I grew up and it's definitely a lot different than when I, when I grew up in terms of just, uh, just more, I wouldn't even say like diverse, but it's just, there's not like separate neighborhoods, you know, of Catholic, Jewish. It's more integrated with uh, just a mixture of people. So it's like it's something you don't even think about anymore. Like where I live, the block where I live right now, I'm the only person on my block that's not bilingual. So I live in a Portuguese neighborhood and everyone on my block speaks Spanish, Portuguese and English. Um, and there's people across the street that are they're Polish, so they speak Polish and, and English, and I'm the only person on my block that only speaks one language. It's very, very interesting. Very interesting. Well, we get a lot of. We got cool. a lot of. Uh, I'm looking at the the group of people. We have a lot of heavy hitters in the uh, NFT space in terms of Cosmos, at least, um, and probably some other people that I don't recognize. But we got Turbo Dog. Turbo Dog gave me some of the best content from my from my YouTube channel. Still. Looks like Jacob from Sky Monks is here. Uh, Jacob is. We got Grits. Listen, Grits is here. Uh, Grits and AJ are here. Yeah. And they're probably yep. two people that have yeah. their. The, Grits and AJ probably have a, a really strong handle on IBC. Probably the, the two that are most involved in every little thing that I that I know of anyway. Yeah, they're my inside people. They're they're amazing. Cool. <laughs> um, have I have I showed you my spreadsheet yet? You showed me your spreadsheet, but there was there was this. I couldn't zoom in on every little cell, so I feel like you're gonna need. Oh, yeah. a, uh, you're on a phone. You, yeah, you're gonna need a, a Udemy course on that uh, spreadsheet. Yeah, I'm gonna make a video after it's done. I actually <laughs> am paying like five five hundred dollars to get the last scripts finished. Jordan and Mike's boy apparently are picking those up. Well, you, people are going to need it to understand it because what I find a lot in this space is there's still a lot of that follow the crowd, you know, mentality where people either don't know where to go for information or they don't know what good for information is and they're just minting what they see, everyone else minting seemingly. But the problem with that is our Twitter feeds are kind of custom catered to what we like already. So people just kind of in groups ape into projects and i think the same thing happens on the secondary market i um i was gonna mint i was gonna buy something off the secondary market this week and as i'm going to buy one i see in their discord that they're running like some contest for buying the floor i guess they're just really worried about the floor price and uh i'm like ah i already know like in a month of uh, floor i'm working the mint prices myself like because usually that's when you get in, right? Well, the, I, 
I still think minting is super risky in terms of like, you don't, you're, you're, you're almost guaranteed not to get the one that you want. And, um, you don't know what's going to happen. I like it more. The minting is great for that gambling feeling. Um, oh, that's awesome. I, it is. It is like when you play the game where like the claw comes down and grabs the thing and then drops it halfway. Yes. Yeah, that, that's what. Also, I feel like if you're minting, you're like supporting the project. Absolutely. You know yes. what I, mean? I agree with that. I'll mint stuff just to support it. Um, but I really, I can't mint everything. You know, it's just, it's too hard. And I didn't mint something. I minted my first actual interoperable NFT on Ethereum a few days ago, I guess like Monday, Tuesday. And what makes it interoperable is you, you mint the NFT and I'll, I'm going to share it on Twitter. Cause I just revealed it. Cause you, you couldn't reveal it right away. I guess the way the ETH contracts are, if people are really good, they could go into the smart contract and see what the next NFT is. That's going to be minted and they could choose to mint it or not. So what they do is they mint these and then twice a week they reveal them. So they're kind of minted in groups so that people can't go in and do that. But anyway, long story short, the creator of the project has partnerships with a whole bunch of Cardano NFT um, collections. So you're guaranteed, um, I think it's like seven different airdrops. Once you mint this NFT, every few weeks or every month, there's an airdrop that goes to you from some of the well-known, like I would say top 10 in terms of market cap um, Cardano projects. So I minted two. I just revealed them after waiting five days and was like, I couldn't wait to see what these things look like. And I got like, you know, like I said, you don't always get, you almost never get the one that you want. But I just minted these just to have the interoperable NFT. So it's called Angel Baby Hit Squad on Ethereum. And the uh, the creator is a very well-known um, collector on, on Cardano and, and publicly known. Yes, to go after the rarities, so they were really involved with the trading aspect but yeah, yeah i mean i th this was the well i should say this was not the first and it's the second nft i minted on on ethereum um and i have some on polygon also but um yeah i, I have too many i have nfts on like seven or eight different blockchains at this point it's really going to be uh hard to i, I just started a well, spreadsheet so yeah i'm trying to figure out how to do that with mine like Am I going to call every single API and then pick an exchange and then put in the friggin' contract? You know what I mean? It's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're doing, I do it more like, uh, I know how to open a spreadsheet, but I'm just literally manually entering everything into the, into the cells. And it's, 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 it's uh, it would take me probably like, I would say like four hours to enter my whole collection into a spreadsheet. And then plus, I want to figure out what it cost when I first minted it and uh, you know, what the, what the price was that day for that currency. Most of my, most of my NFTs are, are on Cardano. So say, say it again. Depends on the exchange it's sitting on. You can only do that with certain exchanges and their APIs. Like, so I just asked Stargate guys to basically do that. They would build me a point for my sheet with guys. You literally got to ask each exchange. So you 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 have the spreadsheet so that well is it able to pick up just your NFTs is that what you're saying or or, or yeah. yeah well each each NFT has your own contract address attached to it right? so. oh so like if you have multiple from the same collection that's convenient to do it your way yeah each each one has a different address even if there are multiple uh, 
Yeah. See, I'm I'm more familiar with Cardano just because it's been you know they've been they've had NFTs for like not a year and a half, but a good amount of time. And uh, I you know I I had a lot of Cardano tokens, but what's funny is my 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 collection on Cardano literally became tax write-offs because I was buying them with ADA that had depreciated like 50% from when I bought it. So it was, I, I basically took a loss and got NFTs instead. A lot of my NFTs are in that, in that category. I'll be back later. I got to go. Out. Sure, man. Peace out, guys. Yep. And I picked Bitcoin. I gave you the mic. PS Labs, I gave you the mic. Uh, Jerry, you could jump in. Hey, um, it's great to see other creators here. I wanted to throw this out to you guys because I, you know, I tried to research other ecosystems, you know, outside of Cosmos, kind of get it. Sometimes Cosmos is catching up to what others are doing. And I'm seeing something called a free mint, where basically the mint is free for people to go ahead and buy. But then there's a high royalty. Like it's it's pretty high. It's like over 10 percent, maybe even 15 percent. So basically the art is free to give out, but then the, the artists, the creators make uh, the profits off of the royalty, the trading. I would love to get feedback from the audience as to what people think about that. I'd love to get feedback from you, That's from other artists, I, for, from, um, pe from people who buy NFTs. What do you guys think about that? Because it's going to work its way over to Cosmos. Yeah, I'll give away to somebody yeah, else. Let me, ask, let me ask a question, right? If you think that you have developed a project that long-term gives you a value add to everybody that's going to hold that project. Why would you mint something for free? First of all, right? Because there are projects out there that have a long-term project plan and a map, right? That they do not communicate that to the audience. And specifically, I've seen that in Cardano, there's some really valuable projects that are not um, communicating their project plan only because other projects are starting to copy them. So why would you mint something for free if you know what you have differentiates you from everybody else in the ecosystem? Yeah, I, I think I know there's a lot of developers in here. I would like to know why would you do that if you know that what you're holding is an ace? Can I ask that question? Why would you do that? The PS Labs, go ahead. Um, so we've been like contemplating like a free mint for like a future basically we will release like a free mint as like a lead up to a proper collection launch and and the way we've intended to do it is essentially we just do like a, a capture of every wallet that holds that free mint and that is the whitelist anyone who holds the free mint is the whitelist for the real collection launch so other than sort of charging like let's say a royalty on like sort of secondary market and just hoping that you make money that way. Actually, to be honest, we are, our plan is to kind of like release a free mint in the sense of it, it just being like, this is free thing that's traded around and whoever gets it gets the whitelist. Oh. I like that because you're basically, you're collecting data on who your actual customer base is and you, and it's part of a, it's basically part of another mint, right? I think, yeah. I like that better than what some projects are doing, not NFT projects, but where like, a new protocol launches on, let's say, on Juno, and then they airdrop tokens to people who are holding Osmosis. It doesn't make any sense to me. Those those tokens are getting dumped on the market. Yeah, and people people who are trying to like make money purely off of just the free mint, then there's like there's kind of like a bit. You know, I agree. It's a bit stupid, actually. 
but uh, you know you can utilize like a free mint in like um sort of like a run-up or a marketing way you know to sort of uh support some sort of greater uh you know end result uh so i, I do think it's like useful in some ways but uh, in in the sense of like you know the business being the free mint that like that's probably not going to work so uh, you know i agree with your initial sentiment in the sense of it like being the one and all business thing that you're working towards but as like a support or a run-up to other things it can work quite well it, but obviously it it's could. a lot of effort yeah no i think it could like for example i know um I don't know. Yeah, Jerry is still on. Jerry, you did a comic book and you plan for it to be a comic strip. You plan for it to be a series. If so, let's just say somewhat like a solo artist is going to make a comic book and they want to release like a issue number zero for free. And then they plan to release a monthly issue that that first issue that was a free mint just because they followed up with a bunch of other collections or pieces of the collection that might end up being more valuable than any of the others that they, that they minted. So I just don't see how you could do a free mint without a backup, like a plan going forward. If you have a team, because you got people on a team are putting a lot of time, effort and like talent into the, the collections. Presumably um, turbo dog has had his, yeah, go ahead. For a bit. is it right? If yeah, I invite, of course him? I invited him already. I just, I, I wasn't looking at my phone, but yeah. No, no, thank you. Good. What's up guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Yep. Yeah, so I don't know how many of you guys follow Ethereum projects, um, but there there are some projects that are doing really well with free mints. Right now, Goblin Town has been the talk of the town for uh, probably past few weeks. That's been the meta. Um, Goblin Town is a 10K uh, project. It was a free mint, and they're currently sitting at 3.75 floor price. They went up wow. to, I think, almost 8 eight floor price like last week or something it, it was crazy but i remember seeing them when they first minted it was it was a free mint i saw it climb up to around like one eth and i was like shit they, they look they're ugly but they're kind of cool um but it's like a meme and their whole thing is these these projects on eth that are free mints they can make a ton of money off royalties um like millions right but that's because the volume on ETH is high I don't think it would work well for, I mean, you know, I'm not that familiar with how much like the secondary market is on Stargaze, but I know at least for Secret Network, it's not that high. No, it's not. So definitely a free, yeah, free man on Secret Network would not make you any money. Yeah, I um, think like Ethereum is a very special case. Like it's pretty much the only place where free mints can actually work as a free mint. And uh, obviously, as you as you just mentioned, like Goblin Town worked really well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, Ethereum's really kind of its own. It's got its own thing going on, I guess. Um, yeah, as you said, because volume's massive, and and it happens literally. Goblin Town's not the first; it's happened loads of times, actually. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, no, it, it, it is a thing, as in it's definitely a thing. As I, but as I mentioned, in in sort of like this, the 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 outskirts of ethereum like in stargaze and stuff like you know there's kind of got to be a bit of a lead up to it all and maybe a bit of more of a plan around freeman hopefully we can one day be a place where someone can just like free mint something and that just becomes a like a huge sensation but let's see guys can I ask you a question so this is a new theme bro a new theme right 
three to six months down the road, if everybody's doing free mints, do you think that you'll see the same value in them? Or is it just because somebody decided to do it first? They're getting the value extracted to them. But three months down the road, if you have 100 projects doing free mints, are you going to see the same value to them? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll speak to, you know, as far as like my comic has gone. So we, we tried something different when we tried to do a, a low floor price. It's not free, but we've gone low floor price. So it's like only 111 stars and it's 5% royalty. And what we're seeing is people really like the, the lower price. And then, you know, if they want to hold on to it, that's great. Like the comic, I want you to hold on to it. But if, if they want to trade it and flip it, they can really work that price because I've found that NFTs are like a currency. And if you keep the price low or in the case of Freeman, um, you're kind of like letting price discovery happen instead of dictating what the price is. And I think that's appealing to a lot of people in that regard and that, you know, they know that they can get in and then sort of work on that price. And they're working the NFT as a currency itself and building value for you. So it's really interesting to me. So that, that's a good take, right? But I, I think I, I don't see them as being currencies. I think NFT projects are small businesses. You're all grow, trying to grow your business into a bigger conglomerate. Either you, you want to partner with somebody that's bigger or get bought out, right? That's the bigger strategic picture for um, NFT projects. So semi disagree with just the last the very very last bit you said like i don't i don't have any intention of being bought out or anything like that but um you're right in the sense that we are small like we're basically businesses and what i'd say in terms of the freeman is basically the freeman is almost like an exchange for marketing so it's like you choose a freeman over the fact that you don't want to spend anything on like any kind of marketing run-up so like you can basically create hype over the fact it's free and that, you know, basically pays off the fact that, oh, we don't have to spend anything on marketing because, you know, who doesn't love something that's free? But that um, is your marketing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it, that, that, exactly. Okay. Exactly. You're right. Okay. Yeah, so you correct. did spend something correct. on marketing. And, you know, going well, back no. to what um, I think Bitcoin was saying, you know, is it going to still be hyped up? if 80% of the market's doing. And I, I don't think so at that point. I think it is niche and it's very cool. And yeah, you're getting like the marketing out of it. Um, you know, I'm curious about it because I, I try to stay ahead of the curve. I love to learn. I love the evolution of NFTs. Um, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it being, I, you know, personally, I don't think it's going to be super successful. I think it is more hype than, um, than, you know, something that can last long term. Yeah, I think not. I agree with you. I think it's something that's being introduced to the market today that is very new and progressive. But long term, if everybody decides to just do a free mint, is it really going to get you the end result that you want? Because we're very early into this. Hey, we're going to drop a free mint right now. Right. But realistically, let's go. Let's let's work back into the capitalist society. Nobody does anything for free. Right. And if you say that it's free. That's your marketing plan. Your marketing plan is to pay somebody to put these out. So you've already paid for it. So nothing is free. This is your advertisement and this is your marketing plan is to drop your first sets as free. I think that's good though, because the people that are going to mint it, especially if the market is flooded with a bunch of free mints, let's say every week there's a handful of free mints in the same ecosystem. After a while, people are going to only find out about certain ones and if they mint them and they're holding that in their wallet, 
I think for a marketing for marketing purposes, now the, the the creator has targeted people who already follow them or at least find out their their project information. And you could maybe make a safe assumption that, hey, I, I minted five hundred as part of you know, and I'm going to mint five thousand of something else later for a fee of let's say a hundred bucks. Out of the five hundred people who grab my free mint, maybe four hundred of them now are going to join my Discord and and like. Put alerts on my Twitter so that now when I do you really think it's going to be 400 people that you're going to get to convert? I don't know. I, I did see a Freeman today or was it yesterday? I can't remember. It was yesterday or today. And they did limit it one per wallet and it sold out really fast, which means I think the limits are great. I, I like that. Yeah, I, 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 I like the limit. I think that's the key for me because if you have is your key. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, that's your key. I like I like let's say you have a collection of 5000. You want most people to have like one, two, three NFTs and that's it. And then you, you don't want that many people with a huge percentage of the supply. Obviously it, it definitely makes the, the collection sell out faster for sure, which definitely takes a lot of stress off the team's you know, shoulders. Like, okay. That's one thing about a free mint. It should be like a low limit to what per wallet. Right. So it should be like one or two per wallet because actually the real goal is to make sure as many people as possible right. have one. Right. Um, so that's actually the real goal, I guess, of like a free mint. And to be honest, it's nothing different to you walking into the high street of your like local town center and people giving away like a sample of like any product, like a beauty product, skincare, whatever, whatever it is. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Uh, business has been doing it for a long time. Um, and so, and they're just doing it in like, I guess, a way more automated, efficient way right now. So I think the key is like, obvious, the key to a free mint is actually just like one or two per wallet um, and just make sure it spreads really well. But yeah, it's definitely essentially what it really is, a marketing ploy. And if it goes really well, you can really profit off it as well because of all, obviously the royalties that can get baked into an NFT. Right. You, you could also um, roll out some hidden benefit to, to that free mint a ways down the, down the road, right? You could say, okay, I, I, there was a free mint of 500 or so of these. And depending on the blockchain, you could identify the wallets that never tried to sell them on the secondary market. And then you could airdrop something to them, right? You could say, all right, you guys, you minted my thing. You never, you didn't try to flip it the next week. And now here we are three months later for the, the real mint. I'm going to give you guys whatever, some airdrop or, you know, you get 10 bucks off the, the mint if you want to take advantage of it based on your wallet activity. I think, I mean, Turbo Dog would know better than me. A lot of these things with identifying wallets might be impossible on secret network. I don't really know. Yeah. I, I, think, I think the real question, like, uh, what I pick Bitcoin is kind of saying, like, is, is it like a race to the bottom? Like, are we just like racing down to like everything being worth nothing? Maybe. And that, that, that's kind of like the, what a free mint kind of suggests, you know, and if everyone just resorts to a free mint, let's just hope it doesn't all resort to a free mint. And, and if that does become the case, there's going to be like extra sort of strategy and play involved with that, right? As in, it's not just going to be a race to bottom because otherwise no one will do it. Well, the, like, the people that are really there's no good money at it, involved, people won't do it anymore. The people that are really good at it will make the most of it. Otherwise, the other 80, 90% of, the, of people jumping on that bandwagon will just see their, their free NFTs being sold on the market for like five cents, right? And, and Turbo Dog, I don't know how long you had your, your hand up. I just looked at my phone. 
but you could definitely chime in. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that um, it's a race to, to the bottom because in order for free mints to do well, you have to have a really good like marketing plan, right? Because free mints, you want people to flip. You want people to flip them because you want to somehow create FOMO and like there's something cool to hold this NFT. So people who didn't get it for free, you want other people to want to buy it for some amount of money, right? That's why Goblin Town went up to freaking like six ETH. Um, but I, so if you have no plan and you do a free mint, then that's it. Like nobody's going to want to buy it after, right? Well, can but I challenge you that? Have, yeah, of course. Because if you're, so let's look at the universe of people that are actually in NFTs, right? they're usually not your high sophisticated players, right? And if you tell them, hey, there's a free mint, you're going to get a bunch of, for lack of a better term, degenerates just minting your project. I think, I, I believe PS Lab said this before. I think if you, if you limit that mint to one per person, I think that's a really good way to start. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a long-term plan, you're going to get a bunch of degenerates, right? That don't have money to mint anything worthwhile, minting your project, just trying to flip it. So you're going to get an, an, an extended amount of volume in the secondary market, just somebody trying to flip your mint for one or two extra units. I, I could see that. I th but I think also a lot of the community, or what, you know, if you want to call it the larger community, anyone who's in the market for buying NFTs, a good percentage of them are only buying them because they're NFTs. They don't really know why they're buying them. They just think, oh, NFTs, these go up. So I could definitely see well, that. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Aren't most people buying them just to flip them tomorrow for more money? I, I, and you yeah. have less than 10% that are looking to actually what the business itself is doing and what that project is trying to accomplish long-term. May I true. invite um, Good Boy up? May I invite Good yeah, Boy yeah. to speak? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Good. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up? Uh, nice conversation. I'm a friend of Turbo Dog. Cool. So, you know, the other, the other issue I see with Free Mints is it really gives the developers, I mean, it's great for developers, right? Because they put the free mint out there and if it takes off, then they win all these royalties, but they really don't have any incentive to continue on with the program or the, the project. Like they don't have to necessarily, they're not tied to it anymore. The holders aren't really beholden to them for anything because the mint was free. That's always their cop out, right? So they can push the project for as long or as, as far as they want to go until the the market turns down or until the volume starts to drop and then they can just abandon the project right yeah so um that's a little bit different from if you had a mint price and you built up all this capital initially from a mint and as a project developer you're a bit beholden to those initial holders and you're kind of uh you kind of owe it to them or you feel that you owe it to them to continue on building um but with the free mint I mean, that's an easy cop. You can always say, hey, it was free. So. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. And I think also a, yeah, free I, mint, I like your a free mint could be really good for a highly motivated, like single artist or small team that says, all right, look, we're going to put our, our, our initial mint is going to be free, but we're going to build around this so that there's tons of secondary market activity because we're going to, we're going to have contests. We're going to, you know, partner with these other other um with these other projects and somehow add value to uh to the original nft i think you would need a really small team possibly even like a solo artist but down the road 
you're building your community for something else, right? Your, your, your holders, whether they're flipping the free mint back and forth and you're making royalties or they're holding it just to see what you're going to do next, it's, it's got to lead up to something where there's value that you could, you know, now you have your, your target customer base, whatever it might be, 500, 5,000, however many free ones you made. But you, you could accomplish the same thing with a fungible token, right? Like, a, you know, so I, it's, it's, it's interesting because what's going to happen is maybe it's going to get overpopular. It's going to be, there'll be, there'll be like one week where every time we log into Twitter, there'll be another free mint. But out of that, you know, maybe 10% or 20% who really have good ideas that think of things that we're not going to think of on this spaces can will I, be able to maximize this to, to make it super, you know, worthwhile. Um, just to, I guess, move the conversation on a, a tiny bit, but um, speaking to something that someone mentioned earlier as like NFTs as some sort of store of values, um, one, essentially our project is a project that got totally absolutely wrecked by Terra. We were like operating only on Terra and we lost like everything like absolutely everything. And um, we just recently launched on Stargaze like one week ago, like incredibly well, like so good. Can't, can't have wished for anything better. And, um, but the thing is we still got like loads of NFTs just like sitting on Terra still. And one thing I realized is that actually NFTs are a much better store of value than the coins themselves. Like, when the, the the network collapsed and all the value basically you just got hyperinflated, the NFTs just scaled with the inflation. So, you know, an NFT that was worth like a, you know, like twenty Luna on day one was then well either it got bought by the in a few hours time or by the next day it was worth literally like half a million Luna uh, because it just scaled with in hyperinflation but a lot of people got burned by that because obviously they had like these really valuable nfts on the market at the time when the hyperinflation was happening so they had like a two thousand dollar nft that's sitting on the market and someone bought it for about 20 or 10 or 20 dollars because overnight they printed out like literally billions of new Luna. And so, but the thing is, is for everyone who didn't, wasn't, you know, everyone who's keeping an eye on it and was just seeing it, actually what happened with the NFTs is like, they just inflated with the inflation. So it was like actually amazing to see that like uh, art is like not so connected to sort of these, uh, this sort of hyperinflation and uh, market as much as, you know, the coins themselves and things like that. So uh, just to like move the conversation on a tiny bit from, I guess, Freeman, because I, I feel like we've kind of covered that quite heavily now. Probably you're right. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're, you're, you're very on point because I've run some metrics and NFTs so far are not correlated with any global macro assets. The metrics behind them show that they are taking on a life of their own outside of crypto. And NFTs are holding up tremendously well. Yeah, because one thing that like NFTs can do that like basically, the way I see it is like first installation of like, let's say blockchain is like coin and currency and exchange of basic value. 
But there's something that like NFTs can do that like coins can't do. And that is that they can hold culture. And like holding culture. Excuse me, oh. um, do you have any goblins? Um, and may I have some of their blood? Oh my god! I'm sorry that was. <laughs> this is this is uh this is this is how you know we're not at the market bottom. We we still have people <laughs> jo- joking around. That was brilliant. That's I was brilliant. I was on another I was on another spaces where that happened, and it was a similar PFP. So I, I would have my eye on that one. Guys, so. uh, you know what? That's what NFT is all about. It's just a meme culture, isn't it? That's another well, thing about like what I would say. So, so like my real actual like in real life background is actually in art, but um just like just to backtrack a tiny bit um okay so coins basically what NFT has been able to do is really like wrap up culture into blockchain so and then like we got what I imagine like phase three which is DAOs which I think is still really in its infancy like NFTs aren't really art to be honest all they are are digital files that live on blockchain so I think like the first installation is art. And then, like uh, down the line, we'll see sort of identity, medical history, birth, death certificates, receipts, all the taxes, all that stuff being done for NFTs and things like that. We might be probably 10, 20 years away from that. But like, um, and then like sort of DAOs as well. And that's even more in its infancy. So, yeah, it's been really interesting to just sort of see how like uh, coin and currency, first installation, then like let's say culture, NFTs second installation and then we've got governance coming up soon with like DAOs. i don't think DAOs really work right now but um is it I all right if I open you. up the floor to turbo because he's just literally had his hand up for ages his hand must be hurting of course yeah i'm not looking at my phone that often but i see his hand up good actually you could just jump in whenever you want man yeah. turbo yeah turbo i don't want to interrupt incredibly polite <laughs> most polite participant um yeah so i haven't been following the whole terra nft space since all that shit happened um can somebody catch me up to what the the big terra nft projects are doing are they moving somewhere else and will be reissuing the nfts to people like is what's it okay going on there? I, is it okay if i answer this question of, of because, course um, like basically i was in bed with all of them so i know all of the terra nft project and essentially nearly all of them are in this giant gray area and it's been this way for about three weeks of like essentially making the decision of like where do we go because every single blockchain you look at has its pluses and minuses solana has like big volume but it's like very kind of like toxic it's a lot of just noise and just like trash and um you know but it's got big volume lots of money flying around ethereum high gas fees very difficult to penetrate but if you do penetrate it big money and then like you got all these others like algorand uh juno um all these like really nascent blockchains you're basically going to place with like low volume but you can sort of you're hedging like you can do well on there you'll be like a primary project but maybe the blockchain in general won't go anywhere because it's like not really consolidated very much. I I, I can only speak for ourselves because um, uh, we've basically had to lead our own project through this like sort of gray area. And it was very nice to just get out of it because it's fucking horrible to like not know what you're going to go like just to know 
just to know what you're going to do is a very nice feeling because we all got like just rugged essentially. Um, so we decided on stargaze because essentially like we are like NFT maxis and we decided on stargaze because we know stargaze are NFT maxis. And I was like, even though they're like really like not that massive compared to other places right now, I know they're very new as well. I know that their developers only have NFTs in mind because when we were like on uh, Terra, NFTs were kind of like a, like a little side hustle to all like these DeFi DGens who are just like staking all their money and things like that. And with all the money they made, they'll go buy some NFTs and flip them and all this stuff. So, so NFTs are actually, even though they were demanding a high price, were really underdeveloped on Terra, to be honest. They didn't even have a burn function, so, which is like a very fundamental thing to have with NFTs. Um, Wait, so, so did you guys mint already on Terra? We minted like in February, our first ones. Um, and it went really well. We we're like doing really, really well. Uh, and then obviously, and then we minted our second one literally on the, so on the, on the Friday, I minted like a new collection uh we did like relatively well but this was like right in the middle and by monday we lost everything so like we did a new mint on friday we made like 100k and then by monday we lost everything and then on the friday after that i got married so it's like (laughs) it's like everything i had like planned and lined up uh to like you know for my life it just like gone, and then like I basically, I was meant to go on like a honeymoon immediately after. I was like, okay, delay the honeymoon. So just went into like a three week just uh, work bender, working about sixteen hours a day, and then uh, we launched like a, a new project on Stargaze called Stargaze Citizens, and then that was just like a monumental success. I can actually see a bunch of PFPs in the room already. Who've got? Who've got? Oh, I, I, I was gonna. There. I was gonna just advocate for you, PS Labs. I, I, what was your name again? What What do we call you? My real name's David. Just call me David. David. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So yeah, David, welcome to Stargaze and welcome to Cosmos. Um, your work is outstanding. It is truly beautiful. You've really got this niche with the art, and it's very impressive. And everywhere in Cosmos, uh, everybody's been singing your praises. So it's really great to have you in and. You know, I think uh, I, I hope you had a fun time in Stargaze and you use them again because it was it's incredible. I, I've heard great things. So absolutely. Really you know, like actually. So so I, I, I'm not going to shill my bags too much, but like we've got something coming out next week, which will allow everyone to access the same AI technology that we use to make our art. And that'll just be like a token you buy and you log in. And then like depending on how many tokens you have, you can just like use it. But then, like, essentially, like, we've been developing, like, another, you know, Stargate Citizens, we've been developing, essentially, a bigger project off the back of it, like a 10K project off the back of it. Uh, and, like, the idea was to go to Ethereum with it. But to be honest, I might just, like, release it on Stargaze again, because I, I, I just, I'd rather double down on, on Stargaze than to, like, it's a, so it's a double-edged sword right because the thing i learned from Terra is like don't put all your eggs in one basket you have to diversify um because if obviously as we've probably seen with osmosis like this weekend is like as soon as like one point of failure happens 
the whole fucking thing fails. And it's just really shit to be in the middle of something you cannot control. And you just have to accept it, basically. But one thing we could have done in terms of, like, let's just say Terra is to, like, you know, be on other blockchains. So our initial move was to just go to, like, Ethereum and all these other blockchains that just release, like, citizens' collections everywhere and then release some. Then we're going to release a utility which connects everything together. But uh, that's, like, probably, yeah, that'll be out by the end of the year, to be honest. But um, we basically have a 10K collection we're sitting on that's ready to drop in about two weeks' time. Um, and rather than drop it on Ethereum, I was thinking of just dropping it on Stargaze anyway, just because I like absolutely love the Stargaze community. I think they're brilliant. So I'd rather give give it to them, you know, rather than to sort of drag people left, right, and center across to all these different blockchains everywhere. Anyway, uh, the, that's a bit like uh, a bit off piste. And, and by the way, thank you so much. Like, I'm really happy to be on Stargaze. And if any... If there's like anything we can do to like help, we'll do it. This whole osmosis shit that's happened over the past week is just—it's been like really crazy. It's like I can't—we can't catch a break. We've just come from terror where we got rugged, come to here, and then like osmosis goes down. Is is crazy. Um, so the real thing I learned from all of this is like, okay, we have to just be multi-chain, and thankfully. That's kind of the way it looks like everything's going anyway. It's like everything seems like it's going multi-chain. So um, we're building that way as well. And I advise every single one of you to think that same way as well. I think this whole like sort of cult of I am Ethereum, I am Solana, you know, whatever whatever your main investment, I guess, is just like break that. That, that mindset and just <clears throat> I think everything's going multi-chain and that's just the safest you know, way if I could um add on to that um you know for for myself and for some other creators we're actually looking at Evmos which is kind of like a crossover of Cosmos and Ethereum has anybody looked into that trying NFTs with Ev- the in the Evmos community seeing if they can I- kind of connect the bridge between Ethereum and, and Cosmos I, I did buy some using MetaMask. It was pretty smooth. Um, I, I bought orbital, orbital Apes this week. But, but what about um, Stargaze? Isn't that? That's, I mean, it's just not out yet, right? But they do intend to bridge uh, Ethereum. That I'm not sure, actually. But I mean, I know that they'll be they'll be bridged one way or another if Evmos is yeah. what it's supposed to be, right? What- what Ethereum's working on now is um, bridging, making bridges within IBC so that. With IBC, you can like transfer your NFTs from from Stargaze to um, Omniflix or to Asset Mantle. These other marketplaces within Cosmos. I don't know about you know them bridging all the way over to like Ethereum or Solana or something like that. Uh, we're still in our infancy, you know, because we just started NFTs, you know, at the beginning beginning of 2022. So Cosmos is very young, uh, and I think that first step is just getting that IBC working for NFTs in Cosmos. I mean, IBC is very young, but I feel like it works great. And I, I, I was talking with someone today who is, has a very good long-term view, has been you know, in crypto for longer than me. And we're talking about this current, whatever you want to call it, bear market, huge dip, possibly the point of no return for some cryptos. And how do you identify 
the ones that will actually get stronger from this in the long run, right? Like I'm not, last time it was like Litecoin and Ethereum Classic and a bunch of other tokens that really, yeah, maybe they're like top 25 or 50 in market cap, but like, what are they doing? Ethereum Classic has almost no total value locked and that's the original Ethereum, right? So I was thinking like, all right, I think Ethereum gas fees were a huge problem, but interoperability might be a bigger problem. I, I'm I'm starting to move my chips into IBC a little bit more and feeling pretty comfortable doing that, even though it's nothing but red and bad news in the in the markets. And of course, I'm I always I'm still a big believer that Bitcoin is absolutely necessary. So I'm never going to forget about about that. But you know, right now I'm I'm looking at Trading View and I'm looking at Adam and I'm like. You know, Adam might go down to like four dollars. The way the way the charts look and where support traditionally was, I don't know if that's relevant now because it was so long ago. But you know, we we broke our our support with Adam, and it looks like the next support is like something like four dollars and change. So that that would be a, a tremendous entry if it gets down there for a lot of people who have been patient throughout this. But yeah, yeah IBC is right now. The bridges tend to get hacked and exploited, and IBC to me looks like um, looks like a natural solution to this. It is, but it, you know, I would be. I'm a heavy bag carrier of Adam. I believe in the long term success. I love the Cosmos community. You know, like David from PSA Labs coming into Stargaze. I love these stories, uh, and I think Cosmos is going to be successful in the long run. But, you know, we're, we're all bleeding down. There's something weird about altcoins. Every time Bitcoin goes up a little and then drops, the altcoins all just sort of like, it's like shaking a tree and all of us are just falling a bit harder. You look at DOT, you know, Polkadot, uh, uh, Avalanche, you know, AVAX token, and then Cosmos, you know, they're all about connected crypto and they're all kind of falling at the same rate. So it's, it's just an odd situation that we're in. But, um, I also, sorry yeah, to ahead. cut you off. Um, uh, I think it's worth noting that the bear market extends outside of crypto <laughs> and that um, yeah, you're right. you're it's right. not just crypto that's on a bear market. And I think what we're looking at in general is something where we've basically been for a situation where governments have been printing free money for a lot of people for two or three years now. And essentially, we're now looking at the the flip side of that and and obviously now we're seeing a big tight squeeze on like cost of living working like cost of living like everything uh inflation fuel like whatever you want to talk about food war in ukraine uh covid like all these things causing basically a a, a giant uh recession essentially and so even that, however resilient crypto might be in general, it can't fight this universal global downturn that even people who have nothing in crypto are still feeling, to be honest. Um, so I think it's important to just like kind of state that it's not just a crypto downturn. It's like an overall recession that's happening. Yeah. And go on. Yeah, guys, the trend for most asset prices is clear, right? Whether some people want to believe it or not, there will be continued pressure to the downside. When there is a broad risk off sentiment in markets, the correlations between asset classes increases. So regardless of where you are, 
the financial assets will start moving in tandem. I'm setting limit orders right now based on this conversation. Right? We, 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 we haven't seen anything that's going to pivot us to the upside yet, right? We just printed the highest inflation rate in 40 years. Our government, listen, it, it's sad to say, but they have completely dropped the ball, right? And we just have to react to it the best that we can. They're not going to fix this next month. They may be able to fix this in the next six months to a year, but don't look for a month over month. Yeah, you know, I, I, I agree. Increase, I think we got, right? that's we, not happening. Yeah. We, we, we're looking at a good six months, 12 months, even 18 months of recessionary times. And, it, you know, we're going to see a lot of cryptocurrencies go to 99, negative 99.9% and a lot never recover again. Um, I think it's wise to invest in, in the big ones, the ones that uh, have utility and, and use purpose for getting through this. But, you know, I wanted to segue into a little bit into with the NFTs. And that's what I've been seeing is that NFTs do have value. They're, they're, they do have like they're like a currency in themselves. And. You know, I listen to the people who buy from me and, you know, they love it for the art and I, I build utility into my NFTs, but they also hold them for value. Um, just like David from Labs was saying, you know, the, you know, <coughs> there's value to them uh, beyond what the tokens have. The tokens are having a lot more, uh, a lot more downside to them than what the NFTs are. So I'm seeing a lot of value in NFTs. I'm seeing a lot of optimism in NFTs. Uh, I think NFTs have. Uh, you know, a lot of upside to them, even in these down markets. Mm. So one I, thing about like, um, particularly about like, let's say art, traditional art and traditional art market is that it's actually never really been tied to um, recessions and general sort of economic downturn. Art is kind of like always held its own value, even regardless of blockchain and NFTs and stuff like even real life art market. So like hopefully essentially nfts kind of car like uh, are the same essentially but i just i just slight pivot is um speaking specifically on the art market and um how nfts are different maybe to the traditional art markets is it, just an observation but um i think like nfts like is kind of like art that's generally based around meme culture. It's like the art of memes. And it's created its own market and its own style and its own, like, um, it's so funny. I've always explained it to like my friend as like, you know, the real art market is so inaccessible that like only really mega rich people or people who just can shit, or shit out money every day, they buy it. But it's so funny that like, if you give, everyone the ability to buy art is so funny like what they buy and uh i think like nfts and stuff are, like a great example of like if we just like let everyone buy art what what is it that rises to the top and it's so funny to see like the goblins and all these like meme like collections come to the top good boy you raise your is it all right if i invite you up to speak yeah, I actually, I gave the mic to a couple people that haven't yet spoken. Oh, so yeah, yeah. That's after awesome. Good Boy, I'll definitely invite uh, Alec Ness and um, Gorilla Pug. You guys definitely um, can chime in anytime after Good Boy is finished. Yeah, I, I, I got to get going, guys, but it was a great conversation with everybody. Thank you for uh, talks with everybody, and I'll, I'll tune in again. Thanks, guys. Cool. Thanks, man. Have a great one. You too.
Yeah, uh, I'm going to be a little contrarian here. Um, you know, I feel like the NFT market and the value of NFTs has really shifted away from uh, from being a art-centered or art-focused type of value. And I'm sure, you know, you guys all have seen this to some degree. Um, there are a few projects that are pretty much art-centric. Uh, one example is like Murakami Flowers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that project, but it's one on Ethereum where Takashi Murakami is, um, it's his primary project. So I think the intrinsic value of something like that is the art um, because it is Murakami. Um, but now I do feel like 90 plus percent of these projects, you know, the value, people aren't buying these projects because, um, because they think the art will, will go up intrinsically in value. Um, while they might like the art, it's really the teams that they're that are building, or access to community, or access to you know certain things that this particular project may be able to offer. Um, and I think that's kind of where a lot of this value comes from. Uh, and you kind of mentioned earlier when the Terra ecosystem went down, um, and that your project, you felt your project was not dependent on Terra. But the merits of the project itself, um, and I think yes, the art has something to do with it. But it's also the team, right? The team carries over to the next chain. Uh, the the ideas of the project are not dead. The team is still there. They're still building. Uh, the community is still there. It's just moved on to a new chain. So um, that's kind of my take on the whole art aspect. Just as like a um, small, uh, like just small counter argument is um. Essentially, like or like Monet, Degas, all these artists, they do have like their own little communities as well. All the owners, they're just like way smaller and way more elite and rich than like us in the NFT world, right? So it does exist actually already. Uh, it's just it's like at a low, much more private, much smaller scale than like what we are operating at and it has existed for like hundreds of years already um it's just that like now we're operating obviously on sort of digitally automated scale and communities and and, and that that's actually where nfts actually might have an advantage over like old-fashioned art is that like we basically know who owns what and um and the, 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 like we can create fixed communities and basically scale the community or choose what to do and invite whoever because we know exactly who they are. And the, the community aspect that's been built around NFTs, which, as you said, like have basically become almost like a core value to a lot of projects, um, is very interesting. Like, as uh, I'm just excited to see where it goes because I'm not like professing to know what what's how it how it really works i i mean i don't really know i just see the behavior and i just i love it but um i'm not sure like nfts are such a new thing it's very difficult to sort of design them in a way that like basically makes sure people behave a certain way and so we're getting to that and then and, and that's where like DAOs then may, might be the next step from these things a lot of people especially like nft projects like as soon as they don't know what to do anymore they form a DAO, and as soon as DAO is formed it's like nothing happens 
but uh, that's my own personal opinion. It might be a very unpopular opinion, but um, hey, yes. Can I just quick ask ask your question? Just just to summarize, what you're, I think what you're saying is the main difference between traditional art and NFTs is the ones that the NFTs that will succeed will have a purposeful social impact that brings awareness and possibly funding to important causes and also act maybe as an access pass to a club that you're in where traditional art does not do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, traditional okay. art. Okay, I just, I just wanted can. to understand what you were saying. Okay, got it. Traditional art kind of can, in the sense that the people who own the art might already be very like powerful in the sense of like they've got their fingers in a lot of pies. But NFTs have got like sort of a way more organized way of sort of. of so, so this is when owning an NFT gives the holder an access to certain benefits entitled under that NFT. Exactly. And it's okay. almost like there's no gatekeeping as well, because even right. within the art world, like if you own like a Cezanne or like a Salvador Dali, the people who also own it can still say to you, like, we don't like you. Don't we're not going to invite you to our club, essentially. Yeah. I, I guess it can still happen, happen within NFTs. But like um, it's kind of like a more fixed way of saying, like, I bought my way into this club. The, flip, the problem with that is also that you can just basically get people who just buy their way into the fucking club and just buy out all of the governance because they can just buy everything and they say, like, okay, now I can join the club. <laughs> I, I got a quick question, if it's a good time. Sure, sure, jump in. This might kind of relate because I got to say this PS Labs, uh, the Citizens Project is unbelievable. The art is definitely what drew me in. Um, but my question was kind of actually about uh, utility, speaking like like comparing the common citizen to the military citizen to, you know, like uh, and that kind of thing. I so know that might you, want me to drop, uh, you want me to drop some alpha? So I'll do it. I'll do it for you. Oh, um essentially the plan with citizens and i was just sort of saying earlier that like basically we have a 10k collection just sitting right there ready to go in, in about one or two weeks and it's got everything sitting in it like you've got like football teams and everything just built into this like uh 10k we've got uh snoop dog vitalik Buterin, Satoshi, all like <laughs> characters everything's in there like it's just crazy it's awesome um and we, we, it was actually intended for Ethereum, but I'm thinking of like dropping it on Stargaze instead. But like, I need to work with the Stargaze team to sort of append that to the current collection. That would be amazing. I don't want to create. Ethereum I don't want to create. Doesn't feel collection. like for the people. Yeah, exactly. It's not meant for people anymore. Like right. it's too expensive. It's like and I love Stargaze, and like you know what, like Stargaze has given us so much that like I don't want to go anywhere else. But yet history has taught me that I can't put all my eggs in one basket. No doubt. Um, but in terms of like, it is in our roadmap. So regardless of the next collection being dropped on Stargaze, we'll be dropping a whole, a whole shitload of collections across every single blockchain. Every single one has its own concept. Polygon's going to be like these sort of ancient forests that have been protected by like the the galactic wildlife foundation because they're like a eco-friendly blockchain and stuff and then then we're going to release like a whole sort of forest uh natural collection onto like these sort of ancient aliens with like plants growing out of them and stuff and and then like we're going to look and phantom it's going to be like a place where like the sun has never shone and like 
you know all the creatures there have never even seen light before <laughs> I and like things like that and yeah. like it's an old mining town that like basically got abandoned when the sun died and like so so once we've actually planted all the citizens collections everywhere we do plan on releasing like a functionality that connects all of it and, and like basically i haven't told anyone this but we're going to release tinder we're going to release a swipe life swipe left swipe right on like all the citizens and like if someone chooses your citizen you can like basically like create new citizens yeah so we're gonna release like this sort of like big dating app between all the citizens across all the blockchains but just gotta say the, real... again, the citizens artwork is just incredible too like it's just no, oh, amazing thank yeah thank you like all we d- and, and by the way that's like citizens right but to be honest the lab stuff that we do is like all all the labs is right is we just research ai all the time like all the new stuff and it, and it changes every week yeah my base and we just research too, it so I, it sounds interesting too yeah well like um we try to like make sure just like everyone can use it and get access to it on the, on the website there's like loads of educational stuff right i see that yeah that's really, really how we started and to be honest that that wasn't like it was popular amongst people who tried it but i didn't realize how popular like pfp projects are i've always kind of actually been against pfp projects until we released our own pfp project (laughs) and i'm like oh jesus christ what are we doing we need to just become a pfp project to be honest but no no at the end of the day like i i just um the pfp side is fun it's very different like we can really build out sort of like a more like fictional uh story and and uh, have fun with that but the the labs that that's kind of like the real business that's like we do loads of research into ai Understood. and then what we do is we package it up and we make it usable and we release it on the lab and then essentially we let like just people use we let people use it and then we mint everything as nfts and then we drop it back into their wallets again for free that like is totally for free. Wow. And so that's like what like the lab is. And that's actually like all the people that we've we're working on the migration right now, right? And essentially that's all the people that have been using the service on Terra. And we're just trying to like drag them across to Stargaze. And they're doing it like some of them reluctantly, some of them love it, some of them reluctantly. At the end of the day, no one even knows what the hell anyone's doing. But like um we're dragging everyone across the Stargaze. And we're just going to fire it all back up again because it's all been basically dead for a month or two. And uh, essentially, like all the stuff we use to make, you know, Stargate citizens, you're going to have access to all of that as well. And then you, you're also going to have access to all the newest stuff that comes out. Like there's like loads of cool things that um, we actually um, have just sitting there ready to go. But it's just we don't want to launch like too much on Stargaze in one go. Because it's just too, it's just too much. Like it's just too much. So we're going to spread it over into July, and by that time you'll have AI generated gifts, AI generated videos, um, AI generated. Basically, you're going to be able to put your citizen onto like a three D model, and that's going to be rigged, and then you can just like go into like you know all these companies making metaverses right now, but. Right. Basically, you can you can rig your 
your PFP onto a 3D model. Oh, I will. We have a question about Solana. Sorry, I'll stop. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, I had a question about the artwork, which I love, by the way. You can tell by my pug. I changed my whole Twitter name. Just no, I love it. I love it. it. Tribute <laughs> to pug. Um, is so. Is it uh, two two questions? Maybe maybe a couple questions. Um, so it looks like it's all AI, and I was wondering how that affects the copyright because I, I saw the cop American copyright doesn't pr- isn't protecting AI art. And I'm wondering if that even matters for NFT people so with AI it doesn't matter because essentially why like, these big databases are, are trained on uh, so you've got some okay so you've got kind of like three or four steps between like the actual final image to like the input and let, let's say the input is like a big image database and let's say that big mm-hmm. image database is like google images wiki art all that stuff right the final image is not made by just taking two or three images on one side, combining them together and making the thing on the right, you know, like that's not how it works. Actually what happens is like you train, you've got something in the middle called a discriminator model. And what you're doing is say, let's say you've got a banana and a balloon and you, you tell it like, look for roundness and shininess and look for yellowness and like sort of straight longness kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Let, actually, let me right. let me cut you off real quick. Actually, I was I was asking on the other end of the copyright spectrum, not of making it if we're going to break someone else's copyright, but if like if I buy the NFT and I own it, now yeah, I'm, yours. Not, I'm not going to be protected by it. And if I want, let's say if I want to launch, because I'm thinking of launching my own NFT now as well. And if I was to use the AI software, it's it sounds like at least in America, my NFTs and anyone who bought them wouldn't have copyright protection. If well, where inaccurate. you what, what makes you think that? Well, I looked up because um, I was thinking I was I was tossing that idea around of creating using AI to create my my NFT. So I looked up is AI artwork protected by copyright in america they said it's not they said only human created artwork is protected by yeah so the whoever told you that basically ai created artwork that is a gray area like as in it's not been defined yet Mm -hmm. so um that is very that's basically one of the big interesting parts of ai art it's like does the AI own the copyright? And if so, like what rights do they have or not have? Mm-hmm. Also, if like, does the human who told the AI to create the art, like what rights do they have or not have? And mm-hmm. like, let's say the AI is fed from certain image databases. Like what, uh, to what extent do those, and like, let's say you use a prompt, like Salvador Dali, for example. Um, to what extent does that artist have the ability to opt in or opt out of being able to be used for AI generative art because mm. run, right now they don't. But the way that AI actually works is like they, they, they train themselves on giant image databases, right? And none of that is actually then used to create the final image, to be honest. What you then get is like, okay, let's say, go back to the example of bananas and balloons, right? Shininess and yellowness. Oh, like balloon is like shiny and red. And then the banana is like long and yellow. And so you have two parameters. How long and yellow is it? How shiny and red is it? But then like, let's say 
and like let's say the balloon is shiny red and round uh, long and yellow balloon anyway you can then get balloons that are like not round anymore anyway what you can do is like you've got two or three parameters there that is judged by actually what the ai does it, it judges things by like three or four hundred parameters so it, it, it like judges an image by like way more parameters than the human brain can ever judge it by and and then you train it like this over and over and over and over again on like millions of images it creates the ability itself to like generate its own image so then it's no longer then actually depending on any input image to then generate the output image because it already knows based off of it's like essentially machine learning just feeding it with millions of images it created its own sense of how an image should look and and like what in terms of like the human language input it should actually be doing and so it, it comes out of this sort of like what is called like latent space this sort of like middle ground where it's basically done all this training but it's not really directly using any of the input anymore to be honest it's just mm -hmm. generating it based off of its like training that is that, like done millions and millions of times and and that's a very like difficult thing to stop and and there's going to be a lot of lawsuits and there's going to be a lot of i say precedent to be set over like the legalities of it all because to be honest it's very powerful shit it's super powerful shit and like yeah. uh what is it in the uk have they uh has there been any precedent I was just, i'm just reading now it's been, it's been rejected uh let's see in march again the u.s copy copyright protection but yeah it looks like i don't know like you said maybe it's it's a gray area and people are fighting to get copyright protection for ai generated art i don't know and nft yeah. it seems like some nft i don't know if it necessarily it's not as uh it doesn't matter as much for other art forms nfts because a lot of it's just community based and people proving that they own that actual piece not necessarily so, the IP of it. what i advise to you um so there's like within the art world, a very famous case called Richard Prince. And it's about a photographer who just took a picture of a photo. And it's like a perfect replica of the photo. And obviously the original artist sued him. And he argued that like, well, you know, it's the same photo, but it's different meaning, different definition, blah, blah, blah. And he actually won the case. And it's very famous. It set a whole precedent for copyright. Uh, within the art world that like basically you can produce the exact same, same image as another artist but still own it and it, it's original to you and so what i would suggest if there's any argument of the ai creating the piece of art is that you say that then it became my art because i then published it myself so it, it, it basically is very abstract like it's like there is no precedent and like we need to wait for the precedent to like happen essentially all i know is that this stuff is so powerful that i'm not gonna wait around for the precedent to happen like i'm not gonna wait around and be like oh am i gonna use this or am i not gonna use this 
I yeah. know how powerful this shit is. It's crazy powerful. So I'm way more interested in that, like rather than these sorts of copyright intricacies of it all, you know? Mm. Um, because if we have to pay for that, trust me, there's a knock-on effect of loads of people paying for loads of other things down the line. Like then suddenly you're calling all, so all art and all images that you ever see or that are created by a human is, is remediation. People cannot create something new from something they haven't seen before. Everything your brain that's in your brain is there because you've seen it, heard <laughs> yeah. it, felt it, touched it, right? Yeah, good point. That it, exactly. Everything's remediation. Mm. So nothing original, actually nothing's really original, to be honest. Everything's just remediation mm. and basically standing on the shoulders of giants and like just building on building on building. And so you essentially again to this point where as long as it's abstracted enough from the original point like let's say we put in you know we all know Sal. i don't know we don't all know salvador dali's work but it's very easy to find if you want to know it right mm. like let's say the um the clock the melting clocks very famous um and then we just change it to you know melting iphones just over the, the and we change it to melting iPhones. Actually, that's already remediation enough for it to now be its own original piece. And so, <laughs> this is why I don't worry about like AI coming to sort of copyright claims because, regardless of how it's been fed, the final image is like distant enough from any input that it actually uh, it's original. You yeah, know. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about that. Really. Yeah, so they, they still what's that rule? If you change an image by like thirty percent or something like that, and it's yeah. it, it's it's your own now or something like that. But yeah, you basically cool. bring up no, but you brought up like a question, which is a big question within the whole the whole thing. You know, like all of AI, it's a big question. Like, mm -hmm. who owns the copyright? Is it a human or the AI? And even within that, like, is it the, the you know, is there copyright claims for the original artist that's been used in the prompting to create the image and all these other things? It's really um, a gray area that hasn't been defined yet. Yeah, man, appreciate the info. Is it is that uh, are people able to generate art on your on your website now on their own? Yeah, yeah. That... On Friday, on Friday, Friday. Uh, we release a token. And then that token will give you like rendering capacity. You go to like we'll release like a URL. When you log in, we you connect your wallet. We read how many tokens you have, and then uh, depending on how many tokens you have, you can have like different. You know, you can render like a still image. You can render like there's different forms of still image rendering. Actually, there's a few. So different mm -hmm. ones require like different amounts of computing power. So like it scales depending on computing power, and then you can generate a GIF, and then in July we'll rent we'll be releasing like full video animation, AI video animation. Whoa. Um, like we'll be releasing it's all there like it's ready to go to be honest but it's just how I don't do you get that it. token it's uh, on Friday it's dropping on Stargaze it's, um, oh slick yeah yeah it's 30 so we're selling them $30 each so we we actually have 5,500 of them on Terra and those are all of the users we're bringing over with us to be honest it's about a thousand people that own like uh, the tokens we're bringing them all over and then on top of that we're now 
topping up the collection up to 10,000 so that people within Stargaze can buy some as well. So one thing we're doing is we, we're reminting that 5,500 into like our existing users' wallets and Stargaze. So they don't spend anything. They get it all for free. They get it back again. You know, we're all back in the game, essentially. And uh, then we're reminting 4,500 to make sure like other people can access all these services that we've basically we don't build the services all this stuff is open source we just aggregate it like we just make it usable because it's very difficult to use like it's just like like input parameters and shit like on on like code stacks and like and we just like test every single line every parameter we like we do like 0 0.001, 0 0.01, 0 0.1, 1, 10, 100. And we map out every single parameter in that way. And then we then we then put it all together into like something which is just some, so you don't have to do it. You just put in your text prompt. You, you get to choose some parameters like landscape, portrait, square, crop. Um, and then we have another thing called seed. So like we've got something called fable, which will make it look like a Disney image. We got another thing called like somber, which makes it look like this sort of how you describe it, describe it like the beginning of a horror film or something, you know? Hey, P.S. Like, uh, gone. I've hey, been quick question for you, right? I don't mean to cut you off, but three years from now, what's bringing value to this project, strategically speaking, right? Somebody mentioned today, is there that's any alpha that you can that's distribute? That's impossible to answer because AI just moves so fast. Like, I don't even know what's going to happen in six months from now, to be honest. AI, right, but from a business perspective, what are you building around Stargate Citizens that's going to keep me fed oh, by Stargate something today? It's just one side. So on one side, so we've got two projects running, like, parallel, right? Stargate Citizens is the PFP side, and then that's going to be like a Tinder-style project. And I'm not going to plan anything past the sort of the like what we i'm not going to look past what we actually what i'd actually like to build and once we build that i can't see past that until we've actually built it like i don't really want to want to see what people think and feel and then we'll like decide off of that see how it's going i don't want to push it in like an unnatural way um then on on the lab so we've got another thing called the labs and like the x tokens where people can basically access all of this ai stuff and use it themselves and generate their own NFTs. And we like make it and we airdrop it to their wallets, like for free, we just do it for them. And then that side that like, I have no worries about, to be honest, because all we do there is we just research like the new stuff that's happening. And there's always new stuff happening in this field. So all, all we do there is just like package up sort of uh, technology that's open source and available to everyone to be honest if you want to learn how to do it you can learn how to do it but we'll do it for you as well and um yeah and then we just release it um so in, in like three years time, I, I to be honest it, I, I don't like to think too much in three years time i just think like it's impossible to anticipate like especially like regardless of what we're doing like what what like crypto in general be doing in that time like I don't know. Like I really play things by um uh, like the gut feeling 
uh, you know, the, 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 the right now and stuff like that and like what I think will happen. And what I think will happen, like, let's say in the very immediate future, let's say in the next one year is like multi-layer um, interconnectivity between cosmos chains and like let's say evms and then like let's say between the both of them as well so like we're kind of gearing up towards that in the next one year okay hold um, on let me ask you three question, years right? i'm not sure hold on because so if i buy your nft today how do i make money off of your nft long term there's projects out there today that will give me an incentive if i hold their nft and i go to a hotel maybe i get 20 percent off if i hold their nft and I want to do something else. They'll give me an incentive to that because they've already they have already built strategic partnerships with yeah. other Honestly, companies. That's, um, right. So that's my question. If I buy your uh, NFT today, how do I, as the holder, because at the uh, end of the day, I'm an investor, right? I don't know about anybody else on this call, but I'm an investor. I'm going to buy something because I know that it's going to give me future value for what I'm buying. So if you're going so, to sell to me, my question is, how do you keep me and the investors? on your chain i'm not talking about somebody that's looking to buy and flip that's a very different characteristic of somebody who's purchasing yours so i want you to sell me as an investor and holding your nft long term one answer, year two years the simple three answer year. to that is essentially you're going to be able to print your own nfts using us so um, how does that make me money you sell them on the market if they're good um like they just belong to you you can sell them you flip them loads of people have made like 20 fold what they actually even put in terms of x tokens just selling their their nft prints number two like getting partnerships in real life is very easy like we can do that no problem to be honest but why aren't i don't think it's easy at all are you sure you're saying it's easy to I, get I partnerships own, in I real own life own like three businesses in real life it's fine like, so are your NFTs connected to the three businesses that you own no, in real life? They're not. They're not. Okay. Like I Why? don't want them. I don't want them to be. Okay. No, that's fair. I'm um, just asking questions more than yeah, it's very easy. Okay. Like, I, I mean, like it's not. I'm not saying easy in general. Very easy for us to do if we want to do that. Um, I'm more interested in in sort of uh, how you say building nft like eco like so there's a very specific format that i feel like nfts kind of follow in general which is like make a pfp we then you know drive the floor price up by different staking methods and making them liquid in some way and then after that we form a dao and after we formed a dao then basically you know nothing really happens maybe we have parties we organize parties and make some merch and shit but like um with the art side of things we're introducing like loads of different functionality that you know people who are rendering with us will understand like we're, we're allowing them to burn we're also when you burn you recover like um rendering capacity back into your account so actually what you'll end up is it's, it's like people even make like really shit renders like stuff that just looks like trash um they'll end up like selling it and actually making money of for it like even selling it for one or two dollars it will sell because people will buy it and burn it just to make rendering capacity back into their accounts again um and so it's like all this kind of thing uh, that is like really what interests me to be honest um doing all this in like real life um uh so in real life right i i run photography studios i build and then i operate photography studios and i, I work as a advertising director 
for businesses and I've worked with like basically like uh, tons, tons, loads of huge businesses. And I've just done that for like 14 years. I just, um, it is great. It's an awesome lifestyle. I love it. Very privileged to have like been doing that. But like, I don't want to sort of bring that into nfts and vice versa i just want to see if this thing will work by itself like also like i don't want to go around shilling my bags to like my client base in like sort of uh where i work in real life so i'm working with like you know gq magazine condé nest you know i was working with like basically like lewis hamilton last week and stuff so, so it's like it doesn't is easy if we want to convert in that way to just like getting celebrities on board and shit like that. But I just, I just don't want to do that. I'm not interested in it and they aren't interested in it as well, you know? Um, but for some reason it's like very important for like celebrities to be involved in, in like NFT projects. I just don't understand that. Like why can't it just be like a really beautifully operating smooth system that's not the problem with like pfps is like everyone's just watching the floor price everyone's just like seeing the volume and it's like let's get away from that like why can't we just uh be like create like a system that just operates and like it's no longer about floor price it's not about yeah anyway well doesn't that system continuously build on partnerships whether it's DeFi partnerships entertainment partnerships um just putting out hotel partnerships so if you're just going to put out a piece of art, what differentiates you from me putting out a piece of art and saying, this is really one, cool? I'd say it actually doesn't depend on partnerships. I'd say it depends on our customers. So it depends on how many users and customers we really have. And if we really have a lot, we only do partnership, like partnerships and things like that are literally only there to actually increase the user base. But to be honest, like i just want it all to grow organically as organic as possible to be honest um uh because i think if we did these partnerships and stuff a lot of people get on board without really understanding what the hell they got on board with and um that for me is like not um what i want i i want people who just like really understand number one nfts and crypto and number two people who like really love like ai stuff and like really want to get involved with it and on the flip side also uh, understand nfts and crypto and they just have like this basically nft printing service for them but hold on i thought initially i had said that all nft projects to me are small businesses that are looking to grow right and become a bigger conglomerate multiple businesses running under that nft the ones that build right will look to some of them will look to get bought out right by bigger strategic partners or they will combine with other nft projects the majority of what's out there today, 95% will go to zero. Those that will achieve success will 100x from here where they are today. The only way that they're doing that is if they are partnering, and they are continuously partnering with other people, projects, bringing scale back to their communities. So I build businesses. So I'm asking you, how are you going to continue to build this one year, two years, three years from now, because if you're just saying you're going to put out an art and you want people to just like the art at some period of time, people are going to move on from it because there's going to be another NFT project that is building from a small business to a medium business 
to a big business. So you're going to come into headwind very quickly if you don't evolve. So that's my question. How are you going to bring alpha to me as an investor? And so far, I haven't been able to capture that. And maybe I'm not understanding it. And if anybody else can step in and explain it to me, I'd be happy to hear. But I'm not getting it yet. And I'm not just pointing you. I'm just asking a question. How are you bringing me as an investor today, alpha, one year, two years, three years, besides just the art? The first thing I'd say in answer to that is essentially if the correct invent if the correct investor does come along, we will work with them. But it has to be the correct investor. Like I'm not in any rush, to be honest, to like just jump on board with the biggest the, the biggest player and someone just throwing money in my face. Um because yeah, money's fine. I don't give a f- I don't really care about it to be honest. But like, and that might be a terrible thing for an investor to hear, but what we are doing is we are making sure we're designing something that is really good for the users that use it. The people that actually use the service absolutely love the service. And like, that is what we're really doing. And whether an investor recognizes that or not, it's not important to me because What's important to me is whether the users like the thing that we're doing because they're the ones who actually are using it. People who are throwing money in my face don't actually matter to me. Like, that's fine. If I want to make money, I'll make money. That's not really the challenge at hand for me. The challenge at hand for me is like, we've got this incredible technology, let's say blockchain, and we've got this other incredible technology, let's say. AI, and we're like fusing it together. How do we create like something that's like really interesting and usable and like easy to use and like just roll that out, like just make it available? So, from the mindset of like, I'm aping in, I just want to make money, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you might be in the wrong place, to be honest. It's not. It's it's going to be figured out over a long time whether it makes money or not. Like, um, I'm sure it will. Like, because obviously, I'm not understating the fact that like money is really important to make sure like these things are built and that they they we get the correct talent in place. But it's not everything, you know. Um, and can, can I just I think on, go on, go on. I. I... I gave some people the microphone a while ago and they, they're, they're yeah, hanging out. I want to see if they have. All right. Yeah. No, I, I apologize for cutting you off, but I did have a few people that have been waiting. Um, Don uh, Kang were the last two, but PJ may have been waiting for a while. I, I, there's those three that I know I gave the microphone to. So you, either of you three, PJ, Don or Kang can, uh, and Alec, actually, Alec, this has been waiting the longest. Now that I see his name, Alec, if you want to uh, jump in, and you could either change the subject, ask a question, something we've been talking about, or comment. Not they got lost. So Kang, you might have been waiting the second longest. <laughs> Hi, can you guys hear me? Yeah, a little bit of an echo, but we can hear you. Okay. Hey, uh, uh, I really wanted to know. You mentioned in the Discord. Uh, 
that we could create similar uh, profile pics ourselves, you know, by submitting prompts as the Stargate citizens. So I was wondering if you could tell us, you know, how you did that and if you used certain, um, you know, certain, uh, like, things like it had to be photograph-like and things like that, if you could tell us, because I'd be interested in trying it. It seems really fun. The prompt is way to the, I like, number one, I'm not going to, I won't give away my secret, our secret source, but um, essentially the prompt is really crazy. It's like a hundred words long. Like it's really long. No one will ever guess it, to be honest. But you have the ability to make your own prompt, like projects and stuff like that. The specific one for Stargate Citizens is really complex. Like really, really complex. So, and even if you did it in the AI, to actually make it like the the final PFP, you then have to go through like two or three steps, which aren't anything to do with AI. Like they like Photoshop and Capture One and like actual editing work. So, um, essentially, like we're gonna open up the ability for everyone to like make their own PFPs, but to like get the Stargate Citizens one is like um, is gonna be close to impossible unless I literally just give it to you and tell you what to do. But um, uh, I don't know what other hint can I give you? Symmetry is very important when you want to create faces. So I'll just leave that there with you. Symmetry. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. All right. Um, yeah, Donna, you, Don, you may have been next, and then PJ. After, if you have anything you want to talk about, the mic is yours. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yep, all good, man. Okay, awesome. Yeah, um, um, so David, PS Labs, David, Dave, am I saying your name correct? Yeah, yeah, that's my name. Thank you. Okay, remembering okay, it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, first off, um, congratulations um, on a phenomenal collection. I've been in the Cosmos system a little, Cosmos uh, ecosystem for a while now, and I came across your collection two days after the uh, mint and i had no idea it even existed but i saw it posted on inst on uh twitter and i had no liquid stars at that particular moment when i discovered it and i sold off a few nfts just to have the liquid stars to buy a few of your uh stargate citizens that's how blown i blown away i was by the collection so congratulations on just the beauty of it congratulations on the success of it i mean it's a top three collection in all of, of the uh, stargates if i'm not mistaken right now which is ridiculous in the first five six days that's been out so congrats on that um but my question was actually kind of answered which was regarding the the uh x collection so i'm assuming the x collection is going to be the tokens the X tokens that were being taken from the uh, Terra ecosystem brought over to the uh, Stargaze um, uh, system or ecosystem, I should say. And, um, and you, you pretty much answered like how it's going to be utilized to develop your own, um, I guess, uh, AI uh, generated uh, NFTs. Um, but my question, because you already answered that initial question, but that question, my question within that question is, um, if you own, let's say, I mean, maybe it's a dumb question, but if you own, let's say, a few uh, Stargate citizens, will you get um, multiple tokens, even though those Stargate citizens are in the same wallet? Or are you just getting 
um, X Collection token per wallet. Star, Stargaze, t- Stargaze systems and X and X tokens are totally dis- disconnected. They're two totally separate projects. Gotcha. Um, so X tokens will give you rendering capacity within the lab. Stargate citizens will give you like another utility, which essentially I've dropped the alpha already tonight, which is it's we're going to create like a big, almost like a, like Tinder, a big dating app across like every blockchain. And then so people within that will basically be able to create their own NFTs again. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, you'll like choose what you want and then that other person will be able to decide whether they want to accept that or not and then from that you can basically create a new citizen or whatever like the tokenomics of it all and how it really is going to work is yet to be decided but all i know is that like we're going to go through a phase of basically releasing citizens onto every blockchain every major blockchain as much as possible as much as we can manage and then we're going to create like a big inter- interconnected Tinder system, like where like everyone can just kind of create their own characters based off of other people's characters. And, um, and like, obviously then other, there has to be some, um, I say the person has to agree to it because someone who's got like a really rare one might not want to, might not want to just like sort of allow other people to just create duplicates or whatever of it. So, um, that's kind of the goal there with citizens, which is very separate from the X token. And the X token is just like pure access to AI technology, uh, and you can get that actually for free if you just go anywhere else. Like the, the, you know, it's open source stuff. But what we do for you actually that's different is we mint it and airdrop it to your wallet. So like we turn, we like do all the AI stuff for you, and then we turn it into an NFT for you as well. And then we airdrop it back into your wallet. So it's like um, we like, yeah, so you get that back as an NFT. And then after you got it as an NFT, you can go to a market anywhere and you can sell it or like keep it or whatever you want to do with it. Got it. And then and this quick little question within that is, so for each star, so for each Stargate citizen that you own, do you get, a token for each citizen you own or just for each wallet that has a citizen? Do you mean, um, oh, no, no. Oh, so you're saying if you get more whitelist, depending on uh, how many Stargaze citizens you have, right? That's what um, no. right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. no, no, no. We're just, um, we're, we're not going to scale it depending on how much you have. We're just going to do like a flat number per wallet. It's, um, it'll be between one and three. I think basically the big pro, the big um, question, the, the the thing we're worried about is is it that it sells out in the whitelist? We don't want it to sell out in the whitelist um, because I think that's like a very bad thing. So um, we are probably going to allow. Basically, if we look at like everyone who's got already got an X token, and then we look at everyone who's got a Stargate Citizen. We're already talking about like one or two thousand people. We're only we're only putting about four and a half thousand new tokens onto the market. So, assuming that you know every single person mints one, that's already half of the stock gone. Um, so, 
uh, it, it's a bit of a balancing act. We'll see. Like, obviously, we want to sell out, but there was there was like obviously a lot of complaints flying around after our our first mint on Stargaze that like it was just gone, like everything was gone. There was like basically poor accessibility to to our NFTs, and and so we're we're trying to do what we can to make sure uh you know is as public as possible like it's available but also then just make sure that people already have who are already holders they just got like a sort of a straight up access to to it straight away like they can just get it but um i don't want to cut off new people from from accessing our services and stuff so it is a tricky one so it might that's yet to be decided essentially in answer to your question um Why not so citizens? are you going to issue any more stargate citizens that supply was super- so yeah i do want to yeah we i want to um i'm waiting for stargaze to change their smart contract because we can't append i don't want to create a new collection right i don't want to create stargate citizens too i just want to upgrade the current stargate citizens collection to 10k and to do that we need them to upgrade their smart contract because we can't append anything right now and even if we can append anything we can't like change the metadata for anything so it's just like smart contract stuff and i'm sure they'll figure it out but um because they're so new um but we'll work with them with that and when they're ready to do it we'll we'll do it you know we'll launch more but um right now we can't I have a quick question here too. Um, I was just wondering. So it seems like Stargate Citizens is more of like a breeding ground for, um, you know, being able to, you know, especially the people who have the the rarest. You know, it's just like same thing you do with really good breeds and dogs and or anything else, right? Like this could be a really cool ecosystem long term for all of that. And then the the actual token itself. As, as a it seems like a utility as far as being able to reach deep into what your programming abilities are and how that can be taken to uh, its limits but i guess my question is on on two fronts is on that side is you know you're saying there has to be a lot of editing on the back end by your team if people are using this token for you so you know is there a large team or how does that scale if this really takes off and you're on all these blockchains long term um you know how does that scale if or is there solutions being developed long term to to be able to do those kind of features for those people and then on the other side of it as far as you know uh collectors wanting to be there for all of this like how how far does that extend to yes people will get excited about you know we can take one super rare and another super rare and and breed in there but outside of that utility like what else is there long term potentially for for the for this project to succeed um number like number one great great questions so i'll just answer the first one i do have a question for your second question i'll ask it now just in case i forget but um in terms of like let's say breeding super rare with super rare and keeping them interested over time do you mean like like sort of extra utility and stuff because um the way i see it is like board eight club haven't really introduced any extra utility to be honest over years and um people still interested so there's like this massive speculative value on it we'll try 
basically it has to be organic it has to feel right like we're not going to introduce anything that just feels like a strong-armed way of just making more money um but let me just then backtrack to the first question of like how we pull the whole thing off so there's actually a considerable team behind all of this we have a to a front-end and back-end developer from Italy. We have data scientists in Canada. We have four or five generative artists that I've trained myself in London. Um, and then we just work around the clock. Like the generative artists in particular and the back-end devs would just work like nonstop. Uh, and, the back, and the generative artists are spread between London korea and canada so we keep almost like a 24 hour um sort of productivity on just rendering so even the next collection is already at 2000 we started it yesterday or the day before um and we're already at like 2000 citizens on on the next collection um and we so are like you, are you, do you do you limit like um let's say for this amount of time that passes right like whatever quarter wise or week wise or however you guys break it up you'll say there'll be a quota right because like if there's a mm -hmm. if it's not just about combining things with the x token and using the technology it's also about having to take it by your team and then do what you guys do and then send it back to them that takes a lot of time if this yeah, has any yeah, kind yeah. of adoption that so... like board apes had right it's kind of almost undoable in that sense if it took a vast scale like it's not really scalable to the set the extent that so board one thing is trying to do good is we can really control the input of the x tokens because um we can basically control how many tokens we issue and then we control how often they get used so like we do what's called a run right and we open like one run every well back on terror we did one run every week so every monday to friday Thursday we render every Friday to Sunday we take submissions and then we essentially in the back behind that's why we have data scientists and all these other people it's like we basically automated the entire pipeline for like rendering uh, and and all that stuff so um all the AI stuff is almost like completely automated to be honest well um, and you guys you mentioned too something about like eventually as projects progress into something like a DAO right so your project could actually be highly scalable, right? As the when the DAO forms in that sense too, right? Because then you onboard users who are doing what you guys have to do internally now on a smaller scale that can then scale long term too, right? And we basically never for we basically never form a DAO until basically I decide that I just don't want to lead the thing anymore. Is simply because um I don't believe that there are like gen people in the general public that are able to really fully understand everything that needs to happen, to be honest. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't leave that decision making up to them. Uh, and if I did, then that would be a terrible leadership, leadership decision because they just wouldn't, I'm, I'm just letting people who basically don't know anything about this stuff, make decisions well, on how it's done. It, in that so, program though you could have a leadership program in the DAO where it literally it has the capability of onboarding people to go through a, a said course at some point where then you have but that, that would that, just that be like it... employment that would just be like employment and um we already employ loads of people essentially 
so it's fine mm. as in it's just uh, basically like a public a pri- sorry not public like a private company yeah so um, it's more centralized than decentralized yeah, long, yeah, long term sure. okay for sure like i wouldn't count it out in the future for sure but like, the tinder side of it is very decentralized right that's the yeah that so would be... there, there's definitely like dao functionality that can be built into like the citizens which i'm very excited about right like not i wouldn't say like dao over like the whole of ps labs but i'd say there's like DAO functionality that we can build into like sort of citizens and like stuff like that. And I'm really, that's going to be great. I can't wait to play with that stuff. But um, in terms of like how like the whole company is run, I would not make that a DAO. Like um, just because uh, like, I I kind of have like a really tight grip over like the company and um, I I run this thing very efficiently and uh, I wouldn't leave that to anyone else. But don't um, you think that that could be turned into like what the future of what DAO governance is trying to become? I think in yeah. a general way of saying that, like, eventually there should be CEOs, there should be board members, there should be people who are elected to positions, and as long as you're running it well, right, you wouldn't be removed from that. And maybe there's a point in time where you don't see it, but everyone else does. That maybe there's the next person who needs to take over, yeah, yeah. and no, and that, that could be a healthy. Pr- part of what the project could mean all i'm saying like, is just that like yeah, a DAO yeah, could yeah. have a place in what your like your aspects uh, of like what you're trying to build long term i would introduce a DAO at the point where like essentially i'm tired <laughs> like um but in the short term like the immediate future i'm not thinking about it and there's a lot of things that i find problems with DAOs, and namely the things that you just mentioned to be honest where there's a lot of things that need to be fixed is very much in its infancy right now i'm very interested in it as well though i think it's definitely got a place in the future i'm very interested to see how it integrates into like real life to be honest well i think that but, the idea is that like what you're trying to build is like would be a corp like a form of a corporate like thousands in, a, in general in in the idea it's less of what this thing that started in the beginning and it's more functions like a a healthy corporation um, with with a free market that's not manipulated, right? Whereas yeah. like right now we have free markets that are completely manipulated and unusable and, and completely tainted in every shape and form, like corporations yeah. are tainted in every form. But a DAO, a pure DAO with the same type of infrastructure in a free market is literally the purest, best form of forming so everything that we're trying to build in crypto right now. And so like only, what you're trying to build could be really healthy you... there. Only if you think of a way to punish bad behavior and incentivize good behavior. Well, because but that's basically what the free what market does automatically. Is... It'll do that to anything no, that's created in that ecosystem. someone can just with enough money, someone with enough money can just come along and buy the DAO and then just collapse the whole fucking thing if they wanted to. So, and then like on top of that, in terms of a DAO, you can get a load of people in a position of decision making who have no capacity to actually make the decisions that need to be made. And so so there's like, essentially, and then on top of that, you have to wait for like basically a consensus for any decision to even go through in the first place. So you got like, kind, and, and then for a consensus to happen, you need those people to be active. You need them to basically be like, yeah, I give a shit. I'm going to turn up. I'm going to make the vote. Like, what if, like, basically 90% of your DAO don't give a shit and they don't even turn up the vote? Like, um, so so there needs to be, like, mechanisms 
in but place that's to what sort I'm saying. of correct these things. If it's functioning but it's like a corporation, you're not reliant on the masses to do their majority, majority vote, right? It functions more like in a republic sense of a government where there's a set of rule sets, there's a set of leadership, there's a set, there's a, there's a structure that functions with rules that can't be broken by people coming in and not knowing anything. If you don't know anything about how the system works, then you put a proposal before it, it'll get rejected automatically because it doesn't make sense with the rules of the system. That's like, no, not too very different from how it currently operates. I like, um, like basically an answer to your question, maybe a DAO form eventually, but for the time being, no. Like, I think the big advantage we have is that basically we're not a DAO. Um, mm. I think there is like this sort of um, but but sort see, of this I, reflex I, I, of just like people forming a DAO when they don't know what to do, and um, well, I I don't know about that. I think it's more about the the belief system and a creating a decentralized yeah. system. Yeah, without... it's a very utopian. It's a very utopian like vision. I I I get it, and I, I like, I love the idea I, as well. I, but to be honest, as like a really, the only reason why I say the, it's like, the, the, having a gone. free market is literally the true essence of decentralization. So it's not utopian in any way. It's actually capitalism at its peak. Wellness is is having that system in place. Yeah, all, all I will say in answer is um. I've re- I've really kind of like grown two companies in London, just like private businesses, right? And um, I just think that um, I'm really well equipped to 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 do this. And I doubt, even though I'm like happy to listen to counsel any day, like I'll listen to what anyone's got to say, to be honest. But um, I really doubt the ability of maybe other people who can maybe like get into that position through different methods, like let's say buying their way in or, or just like aping their way into, into like some kind of position of power to like then lead everyone through like a shitstorm, And, uh, and I'm very reluctant and like, it might, I don't know, maybe that sounds like me just trying to hold on to like power or something, but uh, no, you're trying to day, build yeah. something, and it's very scary exactly. in, the, in the early stages of this to hand this over to a community that literally has no idea of where this is going, and you're still trying to figure out where it's going because I'm in the same position with my project, right? And so I yeah. understand that, and I think that's important, but I do think that there is a stage where the DAO makes sense, but also yeah. there's also the the DAO if it's formed shouldn't have the power that it should have that a lot of times they are having in the early stages now, right? Yeah. Like if we form a down now for, for your project or any other project right now, like some of these things, it should be something where it's simple voting power, yeah, right? Yeah, as a I stakeholder. Agree. And then as it evolves and as people prove themselves to be contributors and, and assets to the community and to the project itself, then people can vote them into positions that then become like what I'm talking about, what you're talking about, because that is that like the importance of figuring out how DAOs fit and and build a true um, decentralized free market. Like free market then makes it to where any of this stuff is always sorted by 
the market. It's never sorted by us deciding, right? Because like when Coinbase and some of these other giant companies come into this space and they have all this money, these VCs have all this money, they decide in the end what wins, what dies and how the market works. We as investors lose out every time. But it's decentralized DAO that really takes the form that me and you were talking about can't die in that shape because it still well, has a community is, too. Um, that's like assuming that everything should just be a free market. At the end Ooh. of the day, this technology just like allows everyone to do whatever they want. Um, so you're going to get a free market. You're going to get a fixed market. You're going to get like a regulated market. You're going to get an unregulated market. Um, and that's kind of like, beauty of all and so not everyone just wants to form a DAO um I, I I I mean like currently I'm not like opposed to it or anything I'm like watching I'm watching the whole thing I'm watching the space so it's we'll early what happens but yeah exactly yeah. it's in its infancy right now yeah and I no, know I've, that there's a reason why um, I haven't even dropped our tokens right because I'm also fearful in the same thing that you're fearful of is having this current system come in and then crazy things yeah. going through a system that's not set up well. You're just going to water down the leadership. Like, um, and like in times of like, a, especially like, let's say a bear market, like you need like really strong leadership and decision making. Um, a lot of let's just, for example, like in Terra, like a lot of the projects that totally just failed and didn't even consider doing anything else. They were just like, and like the ones that just stayed on Terra, like they're, they're just basically kind of destined to being a meme coin now, to be honest. But um, like they're all DAOs. <laughs> like, and some of the DAOs, you know, that, that's not, some of the DAOs made great decisions, to be honest. But it's like a lot of people like don't have like the tools or they're not like equipped to sort of like make these decisions. And um as you said there are people who over time or like are equipped to make these decisions but and then, and then as you said like the cream rises to the top you know regardless uh i would say regardless of a doubt to be honest the cream always rises to the top but like um yeah a doubt we'll see where it goes as i said i'm not i'm not like totally uh you know fobbing it off like i'm not saying it's not going to happen i'm uh i i'm just like waiting until it's until it's like ready enough because it's just too much in its infancy right now and and i just see a lot of nft products like just jumping straight into it because it's like oh we've done this we've done the roadmap we've done the second collection we've done the staking thing let's just form a DAO because we don't know what to do next and um it seems to be sort of like the end of the road, you know, for a lot of NFT projects is like former DAO. Um, anyway, that's my own opinion, which is obviously like an opinionated opinion. But um, yeah, for me, I know like too much what I want to do that, that, that basically that's not going to happen because I know what I want to do. Yeah. Personally, I'm, I'm still wondering how, you know, I, I look at Juno and Juno is like the DAO chain right now and uh first of all i don't like the uh the, the air dropping tokens to become a dow you know precedent that's been set i like it i think nfts make way better dow tokens because nfts 
in general, if you're building a community, you know, you're, you're, you're a club, right? You're, you're, at least you start out as a club. And now, you know, the people that want this NFT are now part of the club because presumably they like the creator. They like the, the, the marketing. They like the roadmap. Or they just like the, you know, they just like the NFT. And I think that's a good way to start a DAO. I, I'm curious to see how they evolve. Um, I did, you know, uh, actually Skymunk is, I don't know if you're still here. Um, it was here. Oh, yeah, I do see. I'm going to give him the mic. And maybe he could talk about maybe some uh, just challenges that he sees. And I think DAOs will move slowly. And maybe that's one of your, one of your concerns about a DAO. Um, and I definitely think they will <laughs> move slowly. Yeah, they'll move slowly. And as they, I said, they I think they're to. like the I third mean... installment. I think they're like the third installment of blockchain. It's like coin, NFTs, then DAO. And right. I think I DAOs think... won't fully mature for like another five to ten years. But like, let's see, you know. I think the DAOs will make sense if they're if there's a specific cause that's being Yeah, pursued. there needs to be a way to like incentivize positive behavior. And yeah. disincentivize negative behavior. Right. Because... And I also think DAOs will make sense for certain games because those are like your maybe your, yeah, your, games, pre, your premium users or something like that. I, I don't yeah, know how to describe perfect. it. Yeah, I think games or like some kind of specific cause, it makes but sense. Like in I, my head, I can see basically like governments, like international governments, the UN like nato being controlled by DAOs, right and like, yeah they are uh, like well, and that's look no further than like the uh, look, look, look at the uh, the united states senate i mean it's, it's disgusting it's it's there's a bunch beautiful of pfps that are controlling the whole country yep that, that's what, well not so beautiful pfps you have like 85 year old people who all they do is fundraise making making decisions that will affect the next century's worth of technology right and, and then it's like, well, I fundraise better than you, so now I'm in this DAO, right? Or I have a, a big piece of this DAO. Um, it's, 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 also, it's I, like... I, I definitely get what you're saying. I'm, I'm skeptical of, of the DAOs because I just think, like you said, it's the next thing to... to but I do think DAOs will work better if, they're, if they start with an NFT collection because it's voluntary membership, at least to start with. This airdropping of tokens for a DAO, I, I don't understand what's going to happen. Like, how do those tokens have any value? You're just airdropping the people that maybe they'll never even bother to look at what your DAO does. They'll just dump them on the secondary market. They're going well, to go through price discovery anyway. If, if they're worth any, they, I don't know if DAO tokens should even be worth anything. If they're, if, if there's, they're connected to something that, that, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Say what you're going to say. Say what you're going to say. I was just going to say, like, looking at Juno and how it brought a lot of people back into the space who left the space and how it expanded, how the tokenization grew and how it, they've used those funds, though, to create a incredibly open source, open book for, you know, what DowDow and what Juno meant and, like, all these other types of products that are being built on top of Juno are doing, which is permissionless. Um, right. I think I think there's there there is a benefit to the idea of, you know, and, and the original thought process that was verbalized right in these packages that were sent out was that, you know, by putting this out, they're saying, you know, we want this in the hands of the many, not the few. But at the same time, regardless, you, you're going to have exactly that, right? Like we just saw that with the raw DAO, like because of all the FUD with Juno and then 
um, you know, just the sheer timing of the market itself. Like, you know, it went from something that I think everyone was excited about to that and, 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 and the potential. And, and then also too, like what was talked about in the original paper, what, what, and then what actually comes out at the end of it. Right. Cause we're all still evolving this, right? Like we come out with our original ideas. We, and that's why teams, like people don't understand, like, why are we, why are so many teams reluctant to give dates? Why are they so reluctant to give full details? Like even for me, I gave, I've given way too many project ideas and details about what we want to do ahead of time because I, I believe in community more than that. But so many projects don't because there's so much backlash and so much fear. Like if you put all that information out, it comes back and it bites you in the butt and it can literally destroy your entire ecosystem um, on what you're trying to build. And I think that tokenization of, of DAOs can be a very good thing and a healthy thing. I mean, something I've recently seen too, right, is if you stake your tokens, you actually then in the, in, in, in the other form, you get issued an NFT that you can upgrade, right? So there are ecosystems like building different forms of what Juno could, like Juno could have done the same thing if that had been in existence yet, but it wasn't, right? So now it's a new thing. Like imagine if Juno had done the same drop, but they did it now, or even Raw, uh, Raw Token had done this now, where they did it to where when you stake your Raw Token, you got, your, you got an NFT that's actually upgradable um, and you can earn a different achievements and do different things with it, right? Like that creates a whole other use case to having the tokens and having NFTs involved in both parts of the ecosystem. Yeah, I, I, I mean, just, we I just, just think we're that, at such like, a beginning uh, stage. We have no idea. Like, yeah, yeah. I, no, the, the fact that it's a beginning stage is why I can't see where it's going. Um, and I, 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 my initial knee-jerk reaction is, okay, this is probably useful in certain games. Right, um, it's almost like your premium access into a game. Let's say where you now you have some kind of voting rights into the direction of the game. This is probably also useful if there's a specific cause, but the cause exists first. Then you're building a DAO to address that problem or that cause. I, I see the um, and I see these. You know, DAO DAO is going to be like uh, looks like it's going to be like a printing press for DAOs. But I look at proof of stake chains as DAOs already. And I think that we have like a representative DAO with our, you know, any proof of stake chain. And now you're building more on top of that with new tokens. Um, it's going to be really hard to sift through the ones that, you know, have a purpose that can be achieved using a DAO and which ones can't. And I, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to even wrap my head around the use cases of, of DAOs. I, I'm thinking like, I mean, that Before. part is just getting even started because the thing is, is like what you're talking about with gamings, imagine having like, you know, say like what I'm building with owlies, right? Like you, you, you could take one of our owls and then you could and, and then they could form a DAO around that specific NFT, right? And then a group of people does everything they can to earn and level up that specific one, right? And, but then like if you take that NFT and it's also something where it can be more meaningful where it's earning on specific other chains because there's other cooperations and tie-ins i mean there's there's unlimited possibilities with DAOs and sub DAOs and small DAOs, like because even nice. like your your nft happy hour could be its own DAO. And sorry, have oh, its absolutely. Own absolutely sorry that's sorry to I cut think... you off oh good sorry good off. um it's like um i just want to say goodbye and uh, thank you so much for uh, um you guys and listening it I'm in London, so it's 3 a.m. in the morning, and I, I need to go to bed. So, 
Um, I just want to say thank you so much. It's like really hey, nice no to problem. meet you guys and you as well, Wolfman. Like it's nice to meet the founder of Audis and um, you, Cosmos DeFi and NFTs. Cause I'll just call you Cosmos DeFi. But um, yeah, my, yeah, my Twitter you. name it's, sounds it's like really the name good. of a store. Yeah, yeah, no, thank <laughs> you. I really, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed tonight. I stayed in here way longer than I thought I was going to. But um, I but I do need to head off. I, I'm like tired and I've had a long day and all these other things. But yeah, thanks. Well, hey, uh, hey I, congratulations I on what you've done, man! Like uh, no, that was great accomplishment. So yeah, yeah. Hey, thank you so much. Amazing. And, uh, I'll be in touch with you, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, talk more. Yeah, yeah. All right, take care, guys. Thank you so much, and thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Yep. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the NFT Happy Hour, hosted by Cosmos DeFi and NFTs, part one of a two-part space, recorded on Sunday, June 12, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Sipping on a little bit of sin I've been giving Try to keep it written down So it feels like I've been living I've been realizing a minute Reality ain't got limits Going out my fucking mind Testing out the physics Stretching out the distance For instance Let me be specific The risk is hedge funding the business Betting on the difference Ingesting all the research Sleeping through the rebirth Sliding out feet first Sleep tight little dreamer Early to bed Early to rise With a rugged ass demeanor Taking beats to the cleaners You know I love my t-shirts And the people who support my little dream here Transparent cows, I gotta steer clear 2020 going down is one fucking weird year Take a second, look around, the psyops is winning Set the table, we just biopsy dinner Now, I'm gonna react to that and act like I'm telling you a personal anecdote Something to break the tension Something to endear myself a little bit Something kind of, uh, embarrassing <laughs> And you guys are gonna make an awe sound it's true. It really happened. They got a tracker in the phone, tracking everywhere we go. When it's final, if I don't know, I already sold my soul. Getting ready, rock and roll, tip the first domino. Feeling abominable with these avalanche flows. Stop and rest on the road, gotta get where I'm going. And the rest of y'all know that we hit the ground sore. And I'll be coming for the fuckers that be summoning the trouble. Running on the double while I'm handing out the W's. Putting wins on the board every fucking day. They love me on the team because I know my fucking place. Better get in where you fit in, I'm delivering the meaning. I inherited the demons, always sneaky, never seen them. If I'm breathing, I'm reading, I'm not even being conceited. I need to see for myself if you think that I'm believing. It's the season of reason, y'all be ceasing the research. I'm receiving the meaning, that shit's called teamwork. It's not so much as so little as to do with what everything is. But it is within our self-interest to understand the topography of our lives unto ourselves. The future states that there is no time other than the collapsation of that sensation of the mirror of the memories in which we are living. Common knowledge, but important nonetheless. Imagine a world in which an old dying man's last dying wish is fulfilled. Alexa, can you play that one Cephi space where he clowned all the Safe Moon and XRP bag holders and then told everyone to buy Luna because it was going to a thousand? I'm, I'm confused why we're not talking about the fact that you can 
literally like 300x your money on XRP. Like, you know, I son, I remember a time. And it's Alexa, enough. I'm trying to reminisce now. I remember a time before TerraSpaces existed, when things that were said on random Twitter spaces would just get lost to the proverbial black hole of time. 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 That's the best bet. <laughs> Why isn't Luna in wind turbines? Hey, guys. Though? I'm reading all about these wind guys, turbines. Guys, do you mind if I explain Cardano a little bit? Because I've been in Cardano since like 2018, and I can do a full breakdown. Um, just when you thought it was safe to shill shit coins. Oh my god, you guys, I don't know what to do. So much blood. It's so red. From the creators of Your Exit Liquidity, in association with We All Love to Hear Ourselves Talk, Inc. For more information, go to terraspaces.org slash donate. Terra Spaces.